Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Just throw that verse up there that we've been using since about October. This is the verse I've been trying to say to you all year. God doesn't give me series. He speaks to me prophetically, and then I just go at work at it. And uh, I'll be done with this prophetically whenever he tells me I'm done with it prophetically. But this was the verses the Lord gave me for this year. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know, say that I might know, uh, what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Say this with me, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. It is out of that that the, everything I'm doing this season springs from. And I want to just bring it to you because I'm going to bring it back to you. Amen? So if you got a Bible, I'm going to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read the first nine verses. I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 45. I'm going to read one verse. And I would appreciate it if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, when I was a little boy, we stood for the reading of God's Word and, and we got ready to receive. Amen? So Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, Then Saul, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, or women. Do you know this was the first time in history that women challenged the religious structures of humanity? Or women. He might bring them bound to Jerusalem, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Isaiah 45, one verse, and we'll read the King's hand in the message. Isaiah 45, 3, I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord who called you by name, am the God of Israel. In the message, I will lead you to buried treasures. I will lead you, say buried, buried. treasures. Secret caches of valuables. Confirmations, that is, in fact, I, God, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. My God, my God, lead us to buried treasures this morning. My God, open up for us the storehouses of heaven. My God, this morning, confirm that you are the God of your people. Lord, I pray this morning that every heart and mind would focus and receive the word of God, that they'd be changed 
transformed. They'd leave here different than when they came in. Amen. Give the Lord a shout and you can... On your way, look at your neighbor and say, he's leading me (laughs) to buried treasures. (laughs) I'm on a treasure hunt this morning to find those things that God has buried for me. I'm on a treasure hunt this morning to find the stuff that I didn't know I even had. I'm connected to the GPS of heaven that I can uncover those things that have hitherto been hidden from me. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm rich. I'm finding it. I may be poor at the moment, but honey, when I find what I've been looking for, you oh no. Elbow your neighbor and say, he coming for you. Listen for me. I have people all the time tell me, Pastor, I'd go to that church, but you're too emotional. And I look back at them and say, I'd go to your church, but you're too traditional. And they say, well, you know, emotionalism. And I say, traditionalism. See, if you don't get emotional over something, it means you're dead. Dead people have no emotions. Alive people have emotions. I'm convinced that the church has been giving the church Valium for about 200 years. (laughs) That they're taking a pill before they come to church. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't swallow that. I did not know that hidden within the darkness were buried treasures. I have always been slightly afraid of the dark. As a child, it seemed to me like that, 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 that the curtains became ghosts. It seemed to me like that in the dark, normal things turned to abnormal things, and suddenly I wasn't sure how to be comfortable in the midst of the darkness. But hidden in darkness, he says, there are treasures. Hidden. I, I think of my mama. My mama will be 86 next month. And she didn't like banks. Didn't trust them. And so she'd take her money and she'd put it in a Folgers coffee can. And she'd go out in the backyard and she'd dig a hole and she'd bury her money in a coffee can. I cannot tell you the number of times that I and my little brother and my dad had spades out in the backyard of that house trying to find the money that my mama had buried. Daddy finally bought Michael a, one of those wands of trying to find metal so we could find the money. And I ain't talking about a little money. I'm talking about a lot of money. And, 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 and my sister and I joke. We say when mama goes to heaven we're going to buy rototillers. <laughs> and we're going to go out in the yard and we're just going to roll till you see green. Hidden. Say hidden. If you knew there was something inside of you that would make you rich, would you look for it? If you knew that hidden within the soul, the darkness of your life, would you go out there and take a shovel? See, God has always hidden stuff. The Bible says that when he got ready to flood the earth, the heavens opened up and the rain came down. But the same Bible says the cisterns of the earth gave up what they held. You see, God did not flood the earth merely from the top down. He had reserved something inside that came up. And it covered the earth from what came down and from what was hidden. There are pockets, there are reservoirs of blessings that are hidden in your life that God wants to reel in your life. 
And when God gets ready to bless you, he'll do it from the north, the south, the east, and the west. He'll do it from friends and foes. He'll do it from imitators and spectators. God will use anything and everything to pour out upon you those blessings that he has prepared for you. The Bible says that we must work in the day. But can I tell you, God does his best work in the dark. That he has hidden things that the enemy might not be able to find them. That God has always been able to perform his best in the middle of a storm. In the middle of a famine. In the middle of a war. God needs no support staff. He doesn't need anybody's help. God is able to make a root spring from dry ground. God is God. And there is no other. He was God before the angel said he was God. He isn't elected. He can't be rejected. Listen to me. He can't be impeached nor removed. God is the God that hides best for you in the darkest of places. Darkness. What is darkness? Well, darkness is nothing. Darkness has no substance. Darkness has no weight. Hear me, darkness is not the presence of anything. It's pervasive and it's intimidating, but it is nothing but shadows. You see, the shadow of a dog never bit anybody. The shadow of the valley of death never killed anybody. Darkness is not a thing. It's the absence of a thing. It's when something is missing. Darkness is the absence of light, the absence of the good, the beautiful, and the true. Something. See, light is qualifiable. You can measure light. It has wattage. Sound has decimals. Light is, listen, it travels at the speed of light. You never heard anyone say it travels at the speed of darkness. Light is real. Darkness is the absence of that which is legitimate. Darkness is the absence of that which is true. Darkness is not a thing. It's the absence of a thing. And the experience that you are going through that you are calling a dark place is the reality that something's missing. If you have no money, it's a dark place. If you have no love, it's a dark place. If your health is diminished, it's a dark place. We, we, we don't, it's not what you have that makes it dark, it's what you're missing that makes it dark. You can be in the middle of a lit room and still be in a dark place. Because darkness is a void. Darkness means I have no power, light, no control. You can be in a loveless marriage and it's a dark place. You can be in a whole thankless and it's a dark place. See, you are aching over what isn't there, not over what is there. Interesting that in the world that's Instagram, Everybody's eating from the big, I don't care. 
There is something new and fresh and greater and bigger, and it's in secret, but God knows where it's at. Lord, say, it's in me. I know it's in me. I know it is, but there's something I can do, something I can be. I have an eight-year-old grandson. His name is Zeke. Now, just a disclaimer. He got no talent from Papa Q. But I stepped out of the office back over there one day and the doors were closed and I heard ZZ Top. I love ZZ Top. Anybody here, can I get a shout for Z? And I heard ZZ Top and it was this. And I thought, well, Tom must be here. I thought, what's Tom doing playing ZZ Top in the sanctuary? Papa T. And I stepped in here and that eight-year-old grandson was sitting up in that box. And I mean, and I thought, well, he's learned a lick or two. He played for 20 minutes. I wonder what is hidden 
what's hidden in you. I can't do that. You don't know that. I can't be that. You don't know that. I'm too old. You see, seeds never grow in the shelf of your garden shed. Seeds do not grow until you put them in the ground. And in the privacy of the darkness, a metamorphosis and the worm becomes a butterfly. And there's more that meets the eye that's found. And there's weeping in the darkness, but there's joy that comes in the morning. God wants to bring something hidden out of your life. See... It is a possibility that your first grade teacher lied to you. You might not be a dummy. She said you couldn't, you wouldn't, you'd never measure up. I have a 32-year-old son, and in the first grade, they told him he had never read about an eighth grade level. They told him that he was dyslexic, among other things, and that we'd have to always help the child. We needed to think about the child having a technical skill in order to provide for himself. And the day that he walked across the platform with a degree as a doctor, I realized the first grade teacher, wow. There is the possibility that your first girlfriend lied. There is the possibility that that boyfriend was wrong. See, of us determine who we are based on what they said, when the truth of the matter is, they didn't know you before you went through that dark place. When God got ready to make a covenant with Abraham and walked through the us to sleep. If you're in a deep sleep, God might be doing something inside of you that has nothing to do with you. Because God was cutting a covenant with Abraham's children. Abraham has nothing to do with you, but it has to do with the future generations. Abraham, I'm breaking generational curses off of your lineage so that I can restart what I started God will put you to sleep and do stuff inside of you that has to do with the future. I wonder what generations and descendants are buried in you that God can only extract from you while you are in the sleep. See, darkness has the ability to turn into that. God has the ability to turn Abraham, Abram into Abraham, Sarai into Sarai. He has the ability in the darkness to raise Jesus from the dead. In the darkness, God does his best work. Listen to me. Lazarus woke up in the dark. He opened his eyes, but it was still dark. He was dead four days. Now he is alive, but still. Have you ever gotten saved and still been Walk oh, you knew you were going to hell. Now you know you're going to heaven, but it's still dark. A lot of people get up when they open their eyes and they see dark. You might have to jump a little. Oh, you didn't get it. 
No one came in the tomb and picked him up and carried him out. The Bible says he had Moving on. See, you might be buried in the dark, but if your eyes are open, you can get out. Now to the text. That was just warm up. (laughs) Say with me, darkness is the absence of a thing. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 9 tells us the story how Saul, the terrorist of all Christians, was headed to Damascus to chain and to kill both men and women. It's the story about how Saul, who is somebody important, circumcised on the eighth day, the tribe of Benjamin, the Bible says he's the Hebrew of the Hebrews. It says concerning the law, he is a Pharisee. He is something that everybody wanted to be. He spoke five languages. The greatest thinker of his time. His name was Saul, named after the first king of Israel. He's important. He is important enough that the priest gave him papers. Say with me, he had papers to kill people. He had the right to put people in bondage. Now some of it's not Saul's fault. As a little boy, as a young man, the little Saul stood beside the haters of the moment, and held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. The younger Saul, the little boy, the impressionistic child, held the coats of those that would kill the first martyr. You do understand that those early impressions that happen to a child can create a perception within them. That if you teach children to hate, they'll grow up to be haters. Well, we didn't have these shootings when I was a child. I know. This is called full-grown hate. He was impressed, and he grew up to be a religious hater. Now, you shouldn't be shocked. Religion has always hated has always killed, has always murdered, has always justified its wars because of who it was against. See, whenever and wherever you find a person who has a relationship with God, you'll also find a religious person trying to kill that relationship. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us a relationship. The Pharisees, the religious people, hated Jesus. Sinners loved him, wine-bibbers, ate with him, tax collectors followed him, but the religious people. Saul represents the next generation of religious haters. They've perfected it. They chained them and they killed them and they're full-grown haters. Hmm. This terrorist, this is free. Beware of those people whose ministry is based and defined by who they are against. Listen, I'm a 40-year-old, 40 years preaching. Beware of ministries that define themselves by who they are against. Because if religion teach you to hate, 
If it teaches you to condemn, if it teaches you to criticize, it's not Jesus. Religion should teach you to love. Religion should teach you to embrace. Saul is on his way to destroy, kill, rob. But the Bible says, that's because I already know what I'm going to say. The Bible says God stopped him. The terrorists were coming to kill them. But God stopped. Say with me, God stopped. Listen, you go ahead and shout over what God's done. You go ahead and you shout over what God's given to you. You shout over what you're driving. I think I'll just shout over what God Oh, you're not listening to me. God stopped the cancer. God stopped the accident that you didn't even know was there. God stopped you from having pre-cancer. I just think I'll shout over what God stopped in my life. Because God is the God that can stop the weapons that have been formed against you. God can arrest the souls that have been killed. Oh, I think I'll just, he stopped it. He can shut the mouth of the lion. He can keep the fire from burning and the water from drowning. That thing that was coming against me, God knocked it out. (laughs) I just want you to know I'm always packing. (laughs) That I'm not alone. The greater is he that is with me. Even though you don't know it, God has the ability. God came for me. What should have, could have, might ought to have happened didn't. Because God knows how to. Who are you, Lord? Interesting. Who are you? This man is terrible. Who are you? I'm Jesus. Whom thou persecute. The Bible never says that, that, that Saul was persecuting Jesus. Saul was persecuting believers in Jesus. See, this goes to prove that if you persecute believers, God takes it personal. Be careful. God might stop you on Highway 61 and tell you to Quentin alone. (laughs) This just proves that the battle belongs to the Lord and that my God is able to defend me moments when I don't know how to defend myself and a great light. You know, God stops the enemy with a great all he's got to do is the light on that the enemy is stopped by the brilliance of the God. This light, because it was daylight, and this is great daylight. When God shows up, it's greater than any other light than candlelight. <sighs> great, say great. God always stops the movement of the enemy 
with great light, Lord. And this man with eyesight, the last thing he saw was the great light. And then it went dark. Welcome to my presence, all. Dark. The beginning of a relationship with God is always dark. Shuts the soul. It might be dark, but it's not over yet. But your neighbors, it might be dark now. But see, buried in the darkness is a Paul. Buried in this terrorist named Saul is a Paul. Buried in the deep resources of this hater is a lover named Paul who's going to write two-thirds of the New Testament doctrines of destination, who's going to change the world by becoming the greatest missionary of all time. Hidden in Saul is a Paul. But he had to turn the lights out to turn the lights on. I wonder what God's trying to do inside of you in this dark moment. There might be a different you, a better you, a completely other than you. You, you, might, you, you might not even have to go to, to the gym. I've been believing for years that there's a... <laughs> they asked Helen Carroll, Keller one time, if it was horrible to be blind. And she said, oh, no, no, no. It's not bad to be blind. It's better to be blind than to have sight and have no vision. See, God will turn off your eyesight to turn on his vision of him. I know a lot of people that have eyesight, but they have no vision of him. Many people have never exchange their eyesight for insight. See, the reason why Paul could write to the Ephesians and say, I'm praying that you might be illuminated is that it happened to him. Paul confronted with the reality of the resurrected Christ lost his eyesight that he gained insight. Wonder what God is trying to give you insight into in this moment. Maybe you'll find out who you really are. Find out how God destined you. Most people tell me their history and not their destiny, which really means they're looking over their shoulder and not forward. God has a destiny for you, and it's found in the vision, not in the history of who you once were. You see, eyesight will give you the ability to clarify circumstances that you're surrounded by, but vision will give you insight into your future. See, if all you rely on is eyesight, you live in response to circumstances, but if you ever get insight, you hope of eternity. See, we are not people supposed to be looking at circumstances. We're supposed to be looking through the darkness, We're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. If you're going to live in this kingdom and appropriate the things of this kingdom, you'll have to have insight, vision that comes not from 
in the eyes, but from the Spirit of the living God. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, Peter, but my Father who art in heaven. And upon this I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail on those who are willing to be darkened in their sight that they might be illuminated by the vision of the living God. Are you listening to you? This is for good. I've been studying this for three or four weeks, and last night I wrestled with it. If I could just do like they do, if I could just be like they are, listen to me. I went to bed at 7.30 and wrestled with this. You have to trade your eyesight for insight. You have to understand that you have to open your eyes to the darkness. You have to understand that God lives in the thick darkness, according to the Bible. The Moses was called up into the darkness. But you have to be able to see beyond this. Mary, you're going to have a child. How can this be, knowing that I have not known a man? It makes no sense to the mind. Nevertheless, at thy word, born without physical and she delivered that would deliver her because she was willing to enter into the darkness of her own intellect and believe that God could do more than she could ask, think, or imagine. Saul gives up his eyesight to gain insight. Best things in my life I have found in the best things in my life. Have you ever got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Just kind of tripped it. You know, the dog. You just kind of tripped over it. Or you bumped into it. You know, you stubbed your toe. Can I just tell you that the best things of God I've ever found, I just bumped into. The people that have changed my life the most, I just bumped into. The, the greatest truths I've ever found, I just kind of fell over them. Listen, I just kind of fell into the favor of God. i got to tell you. Just kind of. I'd like to tell you that I had a plan. That it was the result of my interpersonal spiritual growth through theological hermeneutical development that led me into the reality that I could... Ex <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, this is just a little boy from Severy, Kansas, that in the middle of an Izu's pickup experienced the presence of God in such a way that I just bumped into the presence of God. Did you know that most of what you've got in your life you just tripped over? That you really can't stand there and act like you've got something too great because you didn't find him. He bumped into you in the middle of the dark place. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to turn the lights out because maybe I'll bump into him there. <laughs> Listen, the dark place you're in, there's something hidden buried there and you're just going to bump into it in a minute. Oh, well. <laughs> I didn't plan it. I just, that treasure, that miracle, that, that thing, 
presence of the living God. Can, 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 can I just move a little bit here? I'm prophesying to some of you. God is an God is going to help you to discover what is hidden in you. God is going to restore whatever he has put in a secret place in your life. Here's the question. Are you going to wait till you see it? To praise him for it? Or can you begin to shout for what is buried that no one can see and no one knows but you know that in the midst of the darkness, oh, King Agrippa, I can never be disobedient to the vision that I've had on the road to Damascus. I think myself happy because I can never let go of word that was in the light when I was against him. No wonder he wrote, when we're yet sinners, he loved us. No wonder this man wrote, yet by the work of one man, we are all made righteous. No because the love of God has arrested me in the midst of my own stupidity. <laughs> no wonder. <sighs> no wonder he would say, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Not death, not persecution. No wonder that Paul was a radical man. Because <laughs> in the depths of his own darkness, in the void of his own life, a light showed up. Oh, King Agrippa, <laughs> I couldn't see a thing, but I could see the one who made everything. Ooh. Can you feel this? This is the Bible. This is God. That in the midst of the darkness comes this illumination. I could title this message a number of things. Buried treasure, treasure hunting, or the power of insight. The power of being illuminated. In a moment where you know you don't deserve it, but by grace. Oh, well. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, and the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work towards you. Are you here? Did I go? It's only the darkness. Just chill. something for me I've never been able to unpack until last. Actually, about Friday afternoon, I was trying to help people very, very dear to me, and I was out in my yard trimming, and the Lord spoke a word to me, and, I, and they tell it to them, and I said, okay, I'll do that when I see them, and they said, no! Now! Okay. I dropped the trimmer in the yard, got in my car, sweaty. Went and found them, walked in, said, do you trust me? And they're looking at me like, you're nuts. And I said, I know, but I have a word. If I ever show up like that, just humor me. <laughs> you see, the Pharisees hated God. 
The Pharisees were the enemies of Christians. But God will use your enemies to bless you. Your enemies have a purpose in your life. That's why he says, love your enemies. Because God will use the enemy that in the last chapter had a chain to kill you. He'll take that enemy that in the last chapter was going to kill you. And in this chapter, he'll feed you. Love your enemy. Because if you don't, you might not have a way out of the darkness. Because when God delivers Paul out of the darkness, Paul will deliver you out of the darkness. He said, Paul, you go here until I tell you what to do. And then he shows up. He says, Paul, I want you to go to the Gentiles and take them out of darkness in the light. Love your enemies because they serve a purpose in your life. Besides that, what God, God is getting ready to do such a big thing in you. Don't be that small. God is getting ready to do such a big thing in you. Don't be that petty. God is getting ready to do so much in your life. Forgive them. You mean I'm supposed to love? Yes. That's exactly. This terrorist. This. See, don't, don't, don't just open your door for a friend. Open your door to a foe. Because when God gets ready to bless you, he'll do it through friends, foes, significant, insignificant, little, big. Oh my goodness. May God uncover the buried treasures in your life. May you embrace the darkness in which you are going through because you're about to trip over something he's going to do through you. May you understand not to rebuke the darkness, but to embrace it. Because <laughs> in this darkness, in the loss of my sight, I'm going to gain an insight in the creator of the world. Ooh, am I, am I? Is this timely or did I... Hallelujah. There's a verse in the Bible that's in Job. That's your least favorite. Mine's Leviticus. It's my least favorite. I'm tired of all the fools, but anyway, it's another story. It's just personal. My people, they don't like Job, but there's one little verse in Job. In the 14th chapter. I'm ready, Sean. It'll bud. It's cut off. It's dead. There's nothing there. It hasn't been It hasn't been watered. It hasn't been fertilized. But it's a very sweet. 
Pentecost to you. Just in the darkness, I can't touch it, I can't feel it, I can't see it, but I can sense. Oh, you're not in the room. There is a move of God that's coming, and all you got to do is get the scent of it. Your marriage can change if you'll just get the scent of the other one that's present in the marriage. <laughs> Am I making any sense? I can't see it. I don't hear much, but I can smell the fragrance of the one. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I just danced on my own. I'm looking for people that can just shout at the scent of his presence. I'm looking for a people that can just begin to grow when there's no reason to grow. For people that are willing to bud and sprout and become without there being any reason to do it. But I'm going to do it because in the dark, I know nothing grows in the dark, but I do. Nothing can grow in the dark, but watch this. I'm going to grow in the middle of this dark place. I'm going to come more in the dark. Woo, Jesus, help me. being called and they would open their eyes to the dark and they just kind of begin to hop their way out.
Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.